want to answer relationship questions. Why? <laughs> because it's Radio Free Topag and I'm Audrey. <laughs> wow. I'm Donovan. <laughs> Deep cut. You guys Deep did cut. some research. <laughs> <laughs> on on point, on topic with the intro because we're super excited. We got Max from Eve Six with, with us. Welcome. We're very excited. Yes, I'm very happy to be here. That was you really. I really felt I felt the presence of Chevy Mustang just now when, <laughs> when, when you did that. Um, can Chevy yeah. Mustang be like a hereditary position? Can it be the kind of thing that like you can walk away from it and I'll take Chevy Mustang? Over? I think I think <laughs> I, I think I think so. Um, Chevy transcends the corporeal form and. Um, yep. <laughs> disconnected. Uh, I'm disconnected again. <laughs> and we're back. Fastest technical difficulty we have ever had on an episode of Radio Free Tote Bag, but we persevere. It's a new record. It's a special occasion, <laughs> and it's a new record. Our, our technology is just celebrating the occasion as well. Very good. Professionals rise above it. That's right. Yeah, it's true. Workman blames their tools. That's right. But but I, I just crack another seltzer, and I say, screw you, technology. We'll, we'll beat you. With cans or something along those lines. That's what I tell him. You're now, where were we? Audrey, you're taking over Chevy Mustang. Yeah, yeah. Um, did you do all the production for that, too? No, no, I didn't do any of it. Um, <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> Chevy Mustang was a collaboration with this band, Kongos, uh, K-O-N-G-O-S. And um, I don't know if you guys are. F yeah. Um, they had a big hit in what year was this? Maybe like 2014 or thereabouts. Um, it was the one of those songs. Days. It just got like, <clears throat> you know, synced in like all the commercials and movies for a moment there. Um, really, really good band, really talented guys with like uh, a bunch of great records. But um yeah, I became friends with those guys. I was doing this other like sort of side project band thing and Congos took that band out on tour. And um when we were when we were out do, doing this tour, I I'd had like I I had for a while always thought it would be funny to do like um uh a a house song that was you know like done with that accent about a guy who just wants to do stuff and um <laughs> like that German had just been in my to do things yeah so i i just had that i want to have a party i want to go to disney i want to make it happen why because i want to because um, i want to and I don't even know how that came up, whatever, just middle of the night, rolling down the road on the bus or whatever. <clears throat> but um, those guys are all like legitimately obsessed with dance music. Um, and Danny, the guitar player, just immediately started like making a track. <laughs> and it just became like basically our 
hobby for the next, I don't know, however many months we were, we, we finished that song and like recorded it on the bus in the middle of the night. I had like a big wad of, um, chew in my mouth. Cause I was like chewing tobacco at the time. It was a scene. It was a scene. And, <laughs> and, uh, and then we just kept doing it and we made, we made a bunch of, a bunch of songs. And the really funny thing was <clears throat> when we put them out, we tagged Eve six and Congo's on the releases. So, uh, it, every people who, you know, listen to or follow or whatever on Spotify, Congo's or Eve six got spammed with these songs that <laughs> they definitely didn't want. <laughs> right. <laughs> or, yeah. <clears throat> so, um, it, yeah, it was basically like this sort of elaborate kind of troll thing that we got a, got a pretty big kick out of for a time. And then Congo's like everybody does, um, moved to, to Austin, Texas, and and <laughs> we don't we don't do the Chevy Mustang thing anymore. But who knows? Oh. We might, you know, you never know. Yeah, he might pop be. back any, up one of these days. Any day now, it could yeah. it could come around again. Uh, just real quick, Donovan. I keep getting participant Donovan is having a problem. Failed. Cannot read properties of undefined reading state. <laughs> yeah yes and we are we, back once more we should be i don't know how now. much of this previous segment you heard listener but apparently donovan has more <laughs> vpn so that he can watch uk episodes of love island early <laughs> couldn't possibly wait for them to show up in the states yeah, no 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 you got to get them right away and so I, for I that think, reason we've had technical difficulties. I, I think this was all worth it for that tidbit of information that is really the worst part because yeah the episodes release on hulu like a week late uh but alina and i were watched all of the ones that were out the other night and we were like what if we got a vpn and subscribed to itvx for eight quid a month so that we could watch the episodes (laughs) as they come out you're still not even allowed to vote they have a whole message at the beginning that's like if you vote you may be charged and it may not be counted uh but I'll have you. It's a pretty good season. I'll tell you what. I'm thinking Will and Jesse might win it all. That's okay. All. And so that's been my uh, my Love Island corner. This is actually all a uh, anti-ad for NordVPN. Do not use it. Do not use promo code RFTB. It will ruin your interview with Max from Eve 6. <laughs> but yeah, you know, fucking weirdness aside, we're here having a good time. Uh Max, uh, I wonder if you would do us a solid and tell us an embarrassing dating or relationship story that you might have. Oh, let me think here. I, I, um, embarrassing dating. The, the thing that's tricky with me is, um, I basically my, I was in what was, you know, a, a, a literal marriage starting 07, um, but we were together, living together since 2001 when I was, yeah. <clears throat> when I was 23. Um, so, and then that marriage ended about three years ago and 
um, the relationship that I'm in now began. So I don't have a lot of dating experience um, that like, you know, is, is really relevant because I was, you know, I went from being a kid to being in two extremely long, yeah, well, one extremely <laughs> yeah. long relationship. Yeah. <laughs> We do yeah, joke totally with people because people people come on and they're like, yeah, I don't know if I have good stories. I've been married for like 10 years. And we're like, well, you're kind of the success story. You're kind of the person who should be giving advice. We both have so many embarrassing stories and, yeah. and not long relationships. <laughs> what are, you ever like slip on a banana peel, like walking down the aisle or anything like that with any, <laughs> either of these relationships? Well, it's funny because when you said uh, unembarrassing, I you gave me this you said that this this prompt might might be coming up and i just read an embarrassing story and whenever people ask me that it's not relevant to the question really but like there's there's one that still haunts me to this day and i'll just tell it real quick um we'll since, take it since hell yeah okay um we my band was on tour with goldfinger and uh, we were doing a co-headlining tour with Goldfinger. This is the year 2001, I think. And um, the people coming to these shows were absolutely convinced, maybe rightly so, that Goldfinger was like a real punk band, right? And Eve Six uh. was a radio rock band and we're sellouts or something. <laughs> and <laughs> so we would go on every night to like a bunch of middle fingers and it was just part of the deal. Okay. And one night... Um, this one dude just had like his middle finger up the entire time. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck this guy. And, <laughs> and I like beckoned him to the front of the stage. I just like did one of these. I was like, come here, man. Yeah. And he came up to the front of the stage right in front of me. And I picked up my three quarters full Heineken that I had, you know, by the, <laughs> by the mic stand. And I just, I emptied it on his head. I emptied it. Punk as fuck. Yeah. It's pretty punk. I was feeling pretty good about pretty good about myself, you know. I got him. I got his ass, and yeah. Um, yeah. And then I went. I walked back to center stage, you know, to like, uh, you know, you know, start another number. And I put my um, put my foot on the on the wedge, like rock guys do. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Uh -huh. And and immediately slipped. Yes, <laughs> I think I'd gotten. I I think I'd gotten like beer on my foot too, so like my feet were slippery. And I slipped and I ate shit. I didn't just like sort of stumble. I just like fucking hit the floor, and it was it was just instantaneous karmic retribution. Um, so whenever people ask for an embarrassing story, that one just immediately leaps to mind. I mean, that <laughs> Did counts. Did you ever see the video of the dude trying to snatch the mic from Rollins? So Henry Rollins no. is like center stage and he's like swaying in front of the crowd. Like he's like getting real close on him and like swaying and the dude's trying to grab the mic. And Rollins eventually fucking hauls off and decks the dude just like punches him in the fucking head and he falls out. Yeah. It would be like if Rollins did that and then shit his pants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That is a relationship too, though, between you yeah. and, the, and the audience. And we sure. talk about all kinds. We talk about family ones, friendship ones. That can be our first one, but man versus audience that we've had on this show. If you're going to okay, do good. like I'm the- glad that passes. 
Oh, absolutely. More than passes. We we love that. It's if so you're going to do like the heckly thing, though, if you're holding your middle finger up for the entire show, like that just sounds, I feel like my arm would be getting very tired. That seems like a, a you can't really drink a beer with the other hand or like juggling things. I feel like there's better yeah. strategies for heckling people. What are we? What are we doing, guy? <laughs> yeah, it's it was pretty it was pretty funny. Like, um, you know, like I love Goldfinger. They're like a fun band and stuff. But um, it, you know, I I, I don't th- think of them as like some like seminal punk rock band or something like that. But these, I was these right. kids trying like, to formulate that. <laughs> I was like, no shots at Goldfinger, but like yeah. I'm not like this is fucking real shit, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. I, mean, I pierced my nose Scott with a, serious, but like I pierced my nose with a safety pin at the Goldfinger show. Is that is that particularly punk? I don't. I don't think I could call myself very punk. I'm trying to imagine what like a real, a real punkaroo is doing. Kicking Nazis in the face is pretty punk. But then I, I don't feel sure. like a Nazi. Yeah. Not calling a anything punkaroo. You don't think punkaroo is pretty punk? <laughs> no. I think that's hard as hell. I think people are listening right now and they're shaking in their seats. They're like, this Dono character, he's a real, they're a real fucking hard hitter with their, their punkaroo talk up there. I'm kind of the Incredible. bad, bad guy of this show. I'm kind of the instill fear into the. <laughs> yeah, you're the, you're the wild card. Oh, I'm crazy. Oh, I'm over here adding a rude to the end of things. You never know what well, the Donna Bless is going to do. That's true. Once I get three polar raspberry limes in me, it's all it's all over. Uh, well, no, thank you for thank you for that story. That is a fantastic, uh, embarrassing story Incredible. there. What if we used uh, pulled our expertise though, and maybe we should Max. I got to ask about this before we get into our questions. You do uh, now. You're doing a you do like a relationship advice column too, right? Or just kind of general people writing questions type deal, the heart in a blender. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I do. Uh, yeah. It's kind of like a, a general advice column, but things, you know, a, a lot of the questions do end up being relationship oriented and yeah, I'm really, really enjoying doing it. I was doing it, um, for a while at input magazine and then input magazine folded, um, and now I'm doing it for BuzzFeed News with the same same editor, Mark Yarm, who's awesome. Oh, yeah. And yeah, it's it's really fun. And it started as kind of a half joke, uh, just the idea of it. But I've found yeah. myself really getting into it and um, yeah, you know, enjoying where I can possibly, dare I say, you know, being helpful, imparting some of my experience um, of, you know, getting knocked down and getting back up again, to quote one of our songs. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a good feeling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it does That's feel good. A- like, you ever had anyone write in and you're like, I know I fucking nailed that shit. Like, I know that that person is like doing better because of me. You ever have that? I, I have had that where, it, yeah, it's sort of, um, I guess, you know, with this stuff, you, you want to, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a feel thing as, as you both know, I'm sure it's like, it's an intuition thing and intuition can be wrong, but, um, but yeah, I, 
I, I'd like to say I feel that way. I, I get I get to a place with all of them where I feel pretty confident that, you know, I'm I'm at least doing no harm, and that I'm prob- <laughs> probably probably yeah. you know helping someone at least have a better day or whatever. Yeah. For sure. You have the added benefit of being able to write your response and take like a measured position. We have to hear it from our from either from my own mouth or from Donovan's mouth and then just fucking spitball for 4 minutes and that's how we have to hey, do Yeah, it. and that's that's way I don't know. That's that like being able to have the time to like really forge the answer and like get it wrong a couple times and like whatever um what 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 you two are doing i think is uh you know takes more more skill and 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 bravery because i'm able to just thank you you know uh yeah take my time with it and stuff like that i've thought about it like wow doing it as a podcast that would be kind of scary like uh you know I don't know. It ain't but, not scary. <laughs> yeah. Well, to be fair, I, I open the question box throughout the week on the toilet. That's something that I've I've talked to listeners about before. And so I get a little bit to chew on it and, you know, also kind of take a shit at the same time. And, uh, you know, so it's not completely, <laughs> completely off of the cuff. <laughs> I uh I was curious also because you're you're from SoCal, right? Like that's where you're at yeah. now. Is that is that where you grew up also? Like we we got inspired doing this show because I used to listen to old Loveline episodes in their oh. archive with the Colin yeah. show on there. Did you like did something like that get you onto this? Have you always been into the kind of I don't know, talking oh, about yeah. people's relationship stuff? I, I grew up on Loveline. I would listen to Loveline. Hell yeah. You know, falling asleep at night and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I grew up here in... Uh, my family moved out here when I was like 11 years old. So pretty much grew, grew up out here. Um, yeah. I think I think maybe... I don't know. Yeah. I, I always found that show fascinating. And I think... Also, um, you know, I'm a sober guy too. So I've done, I've done a lot of like work for lack of a better term in that area of like, for sure. um, Yeah. And have, you know, I've had my, uh, you know, battles with like, um, some some pretty grave <laughs> mental illness as well. <laughs> um, oh, we're so, very familiar. Yes. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I'm so I'm I'm pulling from all of that stuff and uh, and you know yeah therapy. I've gotten stuff that I've gleaned from other people who were wiser than me and you know had you know had their shit together when I didn't. Stuff that stuck with me and worked. Um all that stuff. Absolutely. I feel like in order to give good advice, you kind of have to have like peered into the abyss. Yeah, I think so. It's like, if you've only had a rosy experience, then like, what do you have to offer somebody? (laughs) Have you tried getting married at 18 and being in a happy marriage for the rest of your life? (laughs) No, you know what? I think, I think that's, that's the distinction right there between the advice, you know, podcaster or columnist um, and the life coach, it's, it's like, yeah, the, 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 the life coach is the rosy, the, the advice person has, 
has has been to hell usually i think <laughs> and uh-huh. the and the uh and the life coach is like some bliss bliss ninny australian with like a suntan <laughs> and, you know. east got eat right and well it's more cockney it, fuck it's it did the trick boy that's that's boy. the vibe <laughs> Fucking skids get married at 18, cut. <laughs> Surfing. I can't sustain the Australian accent for very long. It's hard. Long. It's fucking hard. No, hell yeah, this. though. We, we feel this. Uh, we, cool. we both dealt with a lot of mental health stuff, and yeah. we've had some people write in, like some a couple really severe ones over the five years now we've been, we've been doing this. And uh, I don't know, going through stuff, and like knowing how much that sucks. And we've had a couple peop- times then when people have like followed up and been like, hey, I was in a really dark place and yeah. you, your advice, you know, got me to seek out help or like, awesome. I don't know, may- maybe change the way I look at things. That's probably one of the most meaningful things I've ever felt. And for like mm-hmm. as much as this is a comedy podcast and we we goof on a lot of it, like, I don't know, we've the people who listen to this, like I, I genuinely care about, we've, we've met some of the people, you know, we've got people in our discord and stuff that we talk to. And like, as somebody who's moved a lot and has felt very alone with some of the stuff I've dealt with at times, like the ability to make anybody feel even a little bit less of that is really, really fulfilling. Like, dude, goddamn. Yeah. Big time. Like I, I've gotten some, some emails of pe- people who have you know appreciated whatever the advice or um people who both people who wrote in or people who just read the column and stuff and uh yeah. it's the most gratifying feeling i like m- more so than a- a- anything else that i've really you know any other professional endeavors or whatever rock and roll like it's just it feels really good when you have someone say, you know, I, you know, I was contending with like dark night of the soul stuff and, and, you know, you made me feel less alone or whatever it is. Um, yeah. Cause I've been there like, uh, and I know, and I remember, you know, so well, the people who were that for me when I was there. Exactly. And, and yeah, I mean, um, that's that capital L love thing that like just you know is so powerful. Fucking a. We we love it. Love line was there was a couple episodes of that. There was one in particular. Uh they were talking about somebody needing to like you're in your first relationship, I think was the advice. And so you don't know what it looks like when a relationship is over. I was in mm-hmm. a very long codependent dysfunctional relationship out of college remember being at work and like listening to that and again goofy fucking show and in retrospect those guys really suck like there's a lot of bad (laughs) shit on there but i just like it still has sat with me no not not completely and uh that that moment has has sat with me of like and that was an episode recorded probably 15 years before i was listening to it and it made me realize, like, yeah. oh fuck, that's what my situation is. Even hearing some of the stuff secondhand yeah. like that. So big, big appreciation for it. And uh we love that you do a column on it too. So I feel like you're yeah. we we've got a pretty ideal advice giving team here. What do we say we hit some of these questions that we got? Let's I'd do love it. to. We're putting our power rings together. Swing, 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 swing. Oh, wait, they're powering <laughs> up. But first, it's a word from our sponsors. 
Boy, mate, this week's episode is brought to you by Radio Free Tote Bag, and I'm their spokesperson, British Donovan, Love Island Donovan, VPN, Love Island Donovan. Hey, don't mind me, I'm just sitting out here by the pool, cracking on with some top birds. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm trying to stay together to the end of the episode, but there's not a whole lot to do in this villa on a Spanish island. And so you know what I do to pass the time? I head on over to patreon.com slash RFTB, home of bonus episodes of my favorite dating and relationship advice podcast, Radio Free Tote Bag. Oh, it's great. You only got to pay $5 a month. I guess they would we would say pounds over here, but it, it it's equivalent to $5 a month. You get a bonus episode each week. You get access to the Discord. Hell, we'll even mail you a sticker. Patreon.com slash RFTB. Uh, what else do they say on that show? Uh, uh, good, no, good day, mates, like Australian. The VPN has fried my brain. Patreon.com slash RFTB. Crack on. I'll say it again. Question box. Asking all them questions. Asking all them questions. Why you asking all them questions? Making statements. Uh, who? Asking all them questions. Asking all them questions. Why you asking all them questions? Making statements. Uh, who? Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. So the question box, the segment of the show where you, the listener, can send in your questions to us and we will do our best to answer them. Hey, how do you, how do I do that? I hear you saying, simply head on over to our social media at RFTBpod on Twitter and Instagram or our website, RFTB.me. You don't have to make an account. You just click the link and look at the text box and you type whatever your heart's feeling and we try our best to give you some advice. Audrey, what do we want to read first this week? Hi, RFTB. I've got kind of a rough question. Oh, shit. So my 29F boyfriend, 40M, has been asking me to essentially prove my devotion to him by doing little tests. I had to swallow my pride and choke on the rind, even though the lack thereof left me empty inside. Now he's asking me to swallow my doubt, turn it inside out, and find nothing but faith in nothing. I'm scared what he'll ask me to do do next. Any advice? (laughs) Damn, that's some twisted shit. That is some (laughs) twisted shit. You know, I would maybe rendezvous with them and and then tell them you're through. You know, and that's the first thing that comes to mind. Damn, answering the first question perfectly out the gate. That one first. (laughs) So funny. Somebody had to do it, and salute to you, listener. Thank you for. uh, They they certainly did. And received the best advice possible for this situation. All right. <laughs> we had to do it. Here comes here comes another question. Uh, hi, Audrey, Dono, and Max. Hello. Hello. I recently quit a band that I'd been invested in for a little over a year. I left for personal reasons. They were all basically nice dudes, but we didn't quite jive beyond a professional capacity. I knew pretty early on that it wasn't a good fit for me socially, but I stayed on because I was interested in making music with them. I know it can often be tough to get a group of disparate people to gel, and so now I'm left wondering if I made the right decision. Do y'all have any similar experiences of group dynamics in a professional creative capacity not working for you, and how you handle it? Thank you for the show and for being little sweeties and a smiley face. Oh, well, thank you. 
Ah, <laughs> uh, I'm I'm racking my brain a little bit. Y'all yeah. ever hit kind of a wall in a creative project or just like a I don't know a social group even? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I I I think, um, man. I think it's pretty important in in a band situation um, that you kind of that there's there's a, a chemistry interpersonally because that sort of is is what makes it fun if you dig being around the people. Um, right. Uh, yeah, I. <laughs> There's like a limit on how much I guess I can sort of go into this, but I, de I definitely know, I know the, the, the feeling of being in a creative, uh, in a, in a, in a collaborative, um, situation where there's, um, that type of a rift. And I've, I, I, yeah. if I could go back in time, I think I, I would have like, um, done done things differently rather than do what i did yeah. which was stay in it because i felt like i was supposed to sure yeah no because that doubles like all of those bad feelings is when you feel like you have to stay in and it sucks because then you get like this trapped sense and mm -hmm. it can be difficult to kind of like take a step back from that kind of situation and for one, like you need to be able to consider if you can leave, I think, because just the whole feeling of being trapped on its own is bad enough. But when you're trapped in the sort of place where you're constantly bumping into these other people that you're working with, uh, it just makes that shit infinitely worse. It makes little things stand up more and they really start to snowball because there's there's no escape. You don't feel like you can kind of like, well, I've got this other opportunity I can kind of consider and that takes some of the pressure off of me. Like you're just in a, a high pressure, uh, unpleasant situation. I don't have any of this in like a creative project, luckily. Uh, but I had something with my job when I was working at in, in Portland. Uh, we're, we're going in every day. Like I just did not fit in at all with the people I was working with. And it wasn't even like a, these are bad, shitty people or anything. It was just these are very, very different people to me. And like, I'm usually pretty good at like finding commonalities with people and, you know, kind of making it work wherever I'm thrown. And so I was really like taken aback, like, fuck, like I'm trying all these things that I've done, you know, when, throughout moving and new schools and new jobs and stuff in the past. And I like just couldn't get it to work. And it was the thing that I'm describing where I, I couldn't leave. I at least I felt like I couldn't. I had to stay on because that's where my income was coming from. And I just moved there and all this stuff. And that took one of the heaviest tolls on my mental health of like anything that I've ever gone through. I remember because, you like, were a fucking mess back then. It was it was fucking brutal because like it takes extra energy to repair that kind of thing. Like you're already putting energy into this project, right? And if you have to, on top of that, put in this kind of social energy to try to mend things with people or figure out common ground, like if that works out, great. But if it doesn't, like you are just flooring yourself in terms of your interpersonal energy for days and days and days and seeing no results it's fucking miserable and it's exhausting and then it's harder to do that stuff and then you clash more with those people uh so like honestly my advice for that kind of thing is feel that out you can do kind of these things i'm talking about of like well what can i what do i have in common 
You know, what kind of stuff can I work through? But there's a certain point where like, if it's really fucking with you, you just gotta, you just gotta do something else. And like, that sucks, but that's better than the alternative that I'm describing. At least that's, that's my experience. hundred percent. Uh, I had a thing where there was, if I felt a social jiving, I felt like things were working out pretty well, but there was sort of a fucking sinister undertone to the whole thing. And like, it wasn't really actually a good place for me to be like people that I thought really cared about me. Didn't give a percentage of a shit about me. Uh. And then when I, when I left, I moved away. They all just evaporated from my life. Like the second I wasn't like, like actively a part of it, they were just gone Mm -hmm. and nobody ever reached out or nobody fucking, you know, And so that fucking that hurt, but like it lets you it gives you the freedom to go and find something else and to be somewhere else and to do anything else. And like the things that made the like you can find the things that made that creative element to the project good. You can find those with other people. And I guarantee you there's somebody out there who uh, digs the style of music that you want to make and uh, doesn't make you feel uh, like an outsider, you know, you're going to find yeah. that. Definitely. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think if you, if you leave a creative thing, uh, you know, group, there's, there's a reason why, right. You, you weren't having a good time doing it. I, I would trust that instinct every time. Not, not that it always needs to be fun or that it's never going to be work or anything else. And I don't sure. know in what capacity this person is doing it, if, but, uh, but uh, even if it's just for fun or whatever, you know, you left because you weren't having it. So, um, yeah, there's always you, you can find other people, especially now you can you can find your people. A little bit of a, of a trite thing here, but like that saying a, a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush or however it goes. I feel like when you're in these kinds of things, it can seem easier because like, oh, it's so hard to get people together. I have them right here. Certainly it's going to be easier to fix this than to find something else. Like a Mm -hmm. lot of times that's just not fucking true. It's just because there's that unknown element to finding new people and setting up something new. Um, Yeah. That, that fear thing of what if I can't, what if I can't find something that is right for me? What if I can't, you know, I'm throwing away the only good thing I can have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Totally been there. So, So keep, keep that part in mind as well. Uh, I think last thing on this, you're saying it can be tough to get a disparate people group of people to gel. If you find yourself in the capacity of like being the peacemaker, like you are trying to, if the conflict is mostly between the other people in the group and you're like, oh fuck, I got to make this work just for the same kind of reasons we're describing. Like that's another thing that can get really exhausting without realizing it. I can kind of fall into that role in situations I've been in. And you're like, no, like we can figure this out. Like I like all of these people. So certainly like they'll like each other. That's another like trap you can fall into where you just drain the fuck out of your energy without realizing it and kind of just implode the entire project. So all in all here, like check in with all of these elements. If it's just kind of an on and off thing that that stuff's getting hard, maybe try to to stick it out. Maybe see if you can do one-on-one stuff with people and like talk about what's going on. Um, but if this is something you've been trying for a while and it's just really not working out and it's draining you, 
I, I think pull the rip cord. Can we air horn a band, Audrey? Is that Hell possible? Yeah. <laughs> Break up with of all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your question, though, and let us know yes. if you uh, you know if you find success somewhere else or, or figure out something uh, with this because I don't I don't know I don't know if we've gotten like a group dynamic question on projects at least like this before so thank you for writing in all right what else I, we got i have one that requires a little context that i okay. think is important for us to get to this week hello radio free topag hello hello it's me. i was the guy who was trying to politely tell his friend that he's mid it was not oh, a bit no. <laughs> and honestly i was a little i was a little surprising to get such a negative response Okay, this this burns me up. Audrey herself said that unattractive people don't have much luck on dating apps. I told my friend straight up, and I think he'll be happier in the long run. Thanks for reading. Okay. Hold on. So, hold on a second. The question that we had before is thus. Related to being called mid, who? how do I tell my friend that he is mid? He's morbidly obese, like 205 pounds, and can't grow more than a short beard. He tells me he wishes he could find someone to love, so I need to put him gent- politely put him down. Appreciate it. Yeah. Two things about that. <laughs> 205-pound person is not morbidly obese unless they're three no. foot eight. Yeah. You know? So that's... That's fucking weird thing to say. That's a damn weird thing to say. And as I did not say that unattractive people don't have luck on dating apps. What I said was there is a certain kind of sexual marketability that does better on dating apps than another kind of. Yes, exactly. The fact if you, I am not. Okay. I'm going to be a little self-deprecating for a second. I am not classically you know it's i'm not like oh my god look at that fucking beautiful woman you know what i mean but i'm dating and i'm meeting people and it's good and i'm doing well and fucking fuck you (laughs) you know what i mean like it's fine you just let's yeah i don't like having words put in my mouth that sucked i feel like there's a misunderstanding here and and max you kind of get the context from the the question audrey just read i thought they were doing a bit because like 205 pounds obese i thought that was like they're trying to be shitty as a bit if you are really not trying to do that like what we're getting at is there's a distinction between so you've got a friend and they keep striking out on dating apps and they're getting exhausted and they're not the most conventionally attractive person in the world the response like Going to being like, hey, you're mid, get off of there. Right. It's just kind of mean. That's just kind That's of a insane. dig at your friend. It's That's the difference insane. between that and being how like, that, yeah. How is that helpful? So it's the difference between. Come on, slugger, let's get out there in the meat space and let our sparkling personality oh, right. do some of the lifting. Right. You just gotta, that kind of thing. You gotta be, it's your fucking friend. You gotta be nice about how you yes. frame things here. You know, if you call somebody fucking say, mid, it's, you're going to yeah, hurt their feelings. Also, you're going to shoot down their confidence. Right. And it's also just on, un, it's untrue. It's like, yeah. you know, exactly. There, yeah. There's, there's, there's no value in it because it's false and mean. <laughs> right. It's, it's assuming that conventionally physically attractive is like the gold standard of what attraction is. And that's not yeah. true. It's just the yeah. thing that works on an app where it's swiping yes. through pictures with like a second on each picture. And so the way I would go about this would just be like, look, like dating apps are extremely kind of shallow. 
you kind of really got to be conventionally attractive. If you keep striking out there, like, well, like Audrey said, why not try to meet people in person? Or like, you're, you're a funny person. Like, why don't you meet in person where you can kind of joke around with people and they're mm-hmm. not making a snap judgment on your picture. So like, okay. this is where we're coming from. I think there is a miscommunication here, but I think if you want to convey something like that to your friend, like that's an honest, good thing to talk to them about instead of letting them strike out and get depressed about it. But you can't phrase it like, you're ugly, bro, because that hurts people's feelings. And that's going to like yep. fuck them up even more. How are they going to have luck dating if they're like, damn, I'm so ugly. My friend just called me ugly. Like, that's not cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's so fucked up, man. Yeah. I mean, I guess I, I, I should admit here also um, that I've never been on a dating app for the reasons that I described to you at the top yeah, of the yeah. podcast. So I don't know, you know, that particular hell or heaven or whatever it is but um <laughs> it's, it's a mixed bag purgatory yeah um but yeah i just think it's very strange for a friend to like say that to their to their friend um and it's definitely not taking into account all of the available information about this person and um, right yeah exactly so, two thumbs down on that person yeah I did not call your friend unattractive. I said that your friend is like differently attractive, attractive in in ways well, no, other no, no, than. I, th- I think they're saying that you said unattractive people don't have much on dating apps. We're saying people who are not conventionally attractive. Correct. And that is a very specific thing because yeah. all that yeah. shit's relative, right? Totally. Like, you're attractive to someone. Whatever you got going on, you are attractive to someone. Hundred percent. Right. But your your strong suits may be things that aren't conveyed well in a one second glance over a dating app profile. This is what we're getting at. Thank you for the follow up, though. Uh, But just if you're going to, you know, and and shooting straight with your friend is good, but just don't (laughs) careful how you word things to him. You don't want to be fucking mean to your friend. That sucks. All right. Let's do another one here. Uh, Thank you for your engagement with the program. We do love it. All right, check this one out. What's popping, beautiful people? And what's popping right back at you? Hell yeah. I think I might be trans, question mark? Hell yes. Uh, My situation is like an ogre. There's layers. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) I was hoping to get some advice on how to navigate it. Uh, I have been overweight, obese, my entire life, and have come to realize this has drowned out any gender dysphoria with general body dysphoria. How do you I have, have never my life? quote. <laughs> I have never quote felt like a man, but didn't really think anything of it. I didn't grow up with a father and thought it was just because I never had that influence in my life. Recently, I've gotten back on the road of my weight loss journey, and I have tried to imagine what I want to look like when I lose weight as a way of solidifying my goals. The problem being, I can't. If I try to imagine myself as a cis man after losing significant weight. It isn't a satisfying image that I want to strive for. When reading through various prompts meant to help people feel out their gender identity, it occurred to me that I have been having a reoccurring daydream for longer than I can remember. In this daydream, I'm walking through a field of tall flowers with long flowing hair and wearing a beautiful pink, orange, and white sundress. And I also happen to be a woman. As far as gender, I feel stuck. It's like I'm at the base of a mountain, weight loss, that I need to get over before I can even begin scaling up the next mountain behind it, gender. I'm almost certain I will experience more dysphoria if I try to present feminine in any way before I have my weight under control. 
I guess my question is, do y'all have any suggestions on feminine reaffirming activities that I could try out that don't involve clothes or any general advice on navigating both weight loss and gender identity journeys? First okay, off, Donovan. thank you for your question and articulating off, all yes. of this well. Thank you. Donovan, you take weight loss. I'll take gender. How you feel? How you feel about that? <laughs> Deal. Feel like it's played? <laughs> and Max, you got to back us up as we're, we're breaking this into pieces. Yeah, as, right, we're, as we're snapping this apart. Uh, this, this is a hefty question. I am 100% with you with the whole um, that you may feel more dysphoria for trying to do femme presentation before you lose the weight. However, I just like did it anyway, and it felt weird, and sometimes I felt uncomfortable trying to present feminine in this very body that I have right now. But now I walk out the house wearing a fucking uh, dress and some leggings and some cute fucking ballet flats with my purse on and shit, my hair done right. And I feel more me than I ever have at any point in my life. Right. So you can you you don't necessarily have to put the gender mountain behind the weight loss mountain. Not necessarily. If you don't want to do it in that order, Uh, if you. It might even help you to become more invested in your body in the way that you look if you have an investment in presenting in a way that actually is appealing to you, right? Sure. You could even be like, I want to be a hot lady because I, I know yeah. exactly what you're talking about. I never knew how to look good as a dude. Had no fucking idea. <laughs> but now I like I know what I want to look like when I think about myself presenting as a woman so like for sure maybe consider just fucking going for it that's what i'm gonna tell everybody who's like coming to me with like i have potential gender dysphoria i'm like fucking go for it what's the worst that could happen the country the country you live in strips your rights away (laughs) yeah that could happen and i live in kentucky and it's in progress currently and i'm actually afraid if next week i'm gonna be able to walk out of my house dressed the way i want to dress without getting slapped with a fine or some shit you know and then we're going to have to start putting shitty politicians in blenders. But for now, right. <laughs> I like the advice that, That's you're, right. uh, that you're given there just to just to jump on the thing. Yeah. I, I, I felt this with coming out as not binary, which is a very you know different journey that I had. But I feel like I spent at least two years of like, oh, it's never the right time. I don't uh, like I don't know. What would I you know, what does this even look like? You can do just all the second guessing of yourself when just kind of coming out with the thing might help with some of the healing that you're trying to do. Like there's just yes. never going to be a perfect time for these things. And that's like kind of bringing me to it's never yeah. a perfect time. And so that brings me to this though. Like, I don't know how I feel on weight loss. Like I, I've been a pretty kind of average body type person most of my life. And then like a, a strong chunky power lifter type body for probably the past 10 years. And now I've kind of, now I'm kind of like around, you know, normal, but like, I don't know, I'm, I'm very physically happy with where my body is at now. And I kind of felt like some, some body dysphoria growing up, you know, as like a teenager, but I never had to deal with like the fuck, I'm really overweight. I don't know how to tackle this. I, I like, and so take, you know, what I'm saying here with a grain of salt, but like, there's, there's a good impulse in feeling like you're unhealthy and wanting to do something about that. There's a really dangerous line where tackling that, like, it just becomes a spiral of like bad eating habits. And I don't mean like eating bad stuff, but like 
restricting yourself and developing an eating disorder. Like I have a lot of friends who have developed those trying to chase like weight loss type stuff. And it's like, you know, they're trying to get healthier is good, but like framing things as like, oh God, I'm this disgusting overweight person and I have to be this other thing that just puts so much fucking pressure on yourself. And then if you slip up, it's like an all is lost thing and you start going through that cycle of like, then binge eating maybe, and then feeling awful about that and then getting back on the track and then you, you, know, you don't lose 40 pounds in a month or whatever. And so you, you know, you, you feel like you're back to square one. I, uh, what I'm getting at is I think that there is a mental health component to this that is probably more important to tackle or important to tackle in tandem because like, no matter how accurate you're speaking about your body weight, the way you're talking about yourself in this reads just heavy kind of dysphoria and kind of depression and low self-esteem. And that's something that doing like physical stuff can, can help with, but I don't think that can be the only thing. Like if you woke up in a perfect body, I don't think it's going to eliminate a lot of this because a lot of this are just like really negative thought patterns and self-perception shit that we get into. And so I would encourage you if you've got access to it to seek in some kind of therapy. Did we lose? Getting just lose some Donovan? kind of. Am I back? No, I think, I think so. you're back. You were you were breaking. I was up. on a I'm roll. thinking Zencaster probably caught you, but uh, we were having a hard time hearing you. Zencaster is silencing me. For my... <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Okay. We have me okay, though. We're going to cut off. I think so. I think so. All right. If it's, it, tag me if it's got another issue. The thing I'm getting at is okay. if it's accessible to you, look into some therapy or something just so you have someone to kind of check with whatever your plan is, check to make sure what you're, you're ta tackling it in a healthy way and that the components that might just be more mental health type components than physical things you need to do that you're also tackling those at the same time yes does that make sense do you feel what I'm, i don't know if i'm conveying this well but do you get what i'm getting at no, here ab absolutely it's a matter of approaching your health holistically and not just going i'm fat i need to be less fat in order to feel good about myself because I'm fat and I feel kind of okay about myself these days. And a lot of it had to do with gender dysphoria that I didn't fucking realize was gender dysphoria. So I think exploring it is going to be helpful. Um, I don't know. It's, I'm trying to think on how to answer, like to give you things uh, that you asked for specifically. You were like, what are some uh, feminine gender affirming Weird. activities yeah. and things I can do uh, that don't involve uh, clothing? Um, Clothes are honestly the easiest to start with. And like, I know you don't want to buy something in a two or three X right now, but you're going to like that. You're going to, you know, if you have, if your gender is this way, you're going to really enjoy putting on a blouse. So don't, don't yeah. deny yourself that just because you feel like your body isn't where you want it to be. So I would, you know, I would push back and maybe start with some clothes. You could do makeup first or um, I yeah. went with the, I got my ears pierced pretty early on. Um, Highly and recommend that helped a that lot. one. Um, so like, yeah, just or like you could even start where I need to go next with like vocal training. Like there's plenty of like vocal training YouTube channels that can like help you get started on having a more feminine affect to your voice could help. And also uh, the classic. If you figure out what your name is, 
go to Starbucks and order yourself a Frappuccino and put the name under the name that you want to have. And then when they say it, think about how you feel. How oh, does yeah. it feel to be called whatever your your name is? Um, that's a big one. That helps a whole bunch. A lot of, a lot of good, uh, good places to get started with that and at least feel the thing out, you know? You don't have to immediately come out the gate exactly the way that you want to look and all of these things because yes. all these things take time and you need to feel out what works for you and what doesn't. So, you know, try to try not to be so hard on yourself. You're you're worthy of experiencing the gender validity that you want to feel. You're you're worthy of all of this stuff. And it does not matter what your body looks like. You know, if you want to do stuff for the sake of your health too, you know, get after that, but do it in tandem with this other stuff so it doesn't become like kind of a negative thing that's you're you thinking it's going to be the solution to all your problems type of thing huge that was a heavy one we we really wish you luck um i kind of feel uh, like we've we freight trained of advice that one max do you have anything no yeah. i mean <laughs> no i just enjoyed listening to both of you and think i will thank you, you. yeah i mean I don't have experience here, but your advice just, um, I don't know, sound sounded right on to me. I think it's interesting, Audrey, that like, you know, your experience was, was what it was. And that mm -hmm. when you began to explore your gender, you felt more comfortable in your body. And yeah. that, you know, I think this, this person could could really take away from from that yeah yeah at least at least reduce some of those bad feelings by mo trying stuff out moving in a direction a little bit of of where you want to be and again the fact that it's not perfect you're still gonna feel that hint of like shit i feel a little bit better in my own skin this way and then you'll yeah. start getting a sense of which direction you got to move or what kind of things you could do um I'm wondering uh, yeah. too, like if you're any in any online communities, like could you start going by like your, you know, a, a, a feminine name that you'd prefer? Yeah. You don't have to worry so much about what you physically look like. That, that might huge. be an option. Using she That's, her pronouns uh, online. Yeah. Uh friend of the show, former partner of the me and my gender Sherpa, who helped me immeasurably early on, Corla, did exactly that. Um, so that's a really good really good place to start is to go go to an online community a place accepting of uh gender variant identities and uh play right just play in the space see if maybe you know maybe even if you're hooked up with a community already just be like hey can you call me i'm gonna say luna because you're a trans woman so that's probably what your name is going to be. <laughs> luna <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I think also just like with the the health thing, the holistic approach to health as opposed to it just being about weight loss and cutting the physical form. Um, <laughs> because like I, I you know, I, I probably like looked my best. I know this sounds crazy, but had like when I was like lifting weights and taking this like legal speed stuff that they don't have anymore um and and drinking Dexies. alcoholically and like that was my routine was i would i would like 
literally drink myself into a blackout every night, get up the next day, take this, uh, what was the ephedra stuff like double yeah, dose. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> and and I'd go to the gym and I would like lift weights and like I looked ripped and and I was dying on the inside. Like right. Um so it's an important distinction and it's an easy temptation to like, you know, uh get get your priorities out of whack there. Um because they seem and are in a way correlated, but for sure, there's a difference. Hundred percent. Now that's a that's an extremely good example to bring up there. Like there is plenty of people physically who are you'd be like, God damn, this person's perfect, and they're fucking you know on thin ice at all times with themselves, or you know living very tenuously. And so again, this isn't to say like don't. Uh, work on like some some fitness type stuff if that's in my experience that's done a ton for my depression just doing any kind of exercise but the yeah. distinction between i'm working through it with the exercise versus i have to get to this weight and until then i'm you know i'm fucked it's got to be part of this this whole process that we're talking about uh, totally. i briefly got on a jogging routine and i would chant to myself too fat to be a dj no. <laughs> while I was jogging and that wasn't any good that was no good to do so don't, it's hard don't put to sustain. in that situation it's hard to sustain one because jogging fucking sucks I'm awful yep. at that one and uh, you get the negative self talk going like that like you're, if you're hearing that from yourself every day it's hard as fuck it's hard enough to keep an exercise routine up it's extra hard if you're shitting on yourself the entire time totally yeah. um I'm I'm about to uh, present maybe as a little bit of a hypocrite on the holistic health front because I'm lighting a cigarette right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, um, I feel it. But this is living a lot cleaner than I used to. And um, what I, I my routine now is I I uh, I swim like four or five times a week, and I do Fuck distance. Yeah. I do real distance. I do like a couple miles, like with badass. Uh, oh with shit. Yeah. So, um, and when I tell people that I still smoke cigarettes, they're like, what the fuck is wrong with you? But it's like, <laughs> if I, 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 I am at least starting to think about quitting, which believe it or not for me, that's something because yeah. I love this particular drug so yep. much. Or extremely I, familiar. We know okay. this shit. Yeah. So maybe I should write into the show. Did you got, have you guys both quit nicotine? Yes. I just I just did back in August. Like I started smoking when I was fifteen. I'm I'm thirty one now, and uh, I was in cigarettes the entire time. I was doing like tobacco pouches and, and vapes in there for a while, but I like fi like properly stopped it back in August, and it fucking sucks ass. Like I I don't know. For me, it was a big like anti anxiety thing, and like uh, yes, the ritual of just going to do something does a lot of calming for the kind of mental illness that I have, uh, big time. and so it felt felt just like this impossible thing it felt like everything was going to suck and you're like it's yeah. such like a minor you know you don't get fucked up it's just this little buzz why yeah. does this matter so much uh but i will say like my anxiety has improved like it, it was having an impact on driving anxiety for me that i never yeah. put together just like the blood yeah. pressure change of it and so yeah fucking sucked ass for a month uh but i i, I don't know i'm doing pretty good all things considered for being like six months out i don't Fucking get all cravings anymore yeah That's i was awesome. uh from like 23 to 31 
and then I started transitioning, uh, and you're supposed to get off of nicotine so that the estrogen A works and B doesn't kill you. Uh, but I got broken what? up with and was like, fuck this, uh, I have to have nicotine <laughs> in my life. Uh, and so I was on and off for, um, for a while, uh, and I finally got back off maybe, what, God, like five weeks ago? I finally oh, hell yeah, though. Hell yeah. That's, that's awesome. No, I, I, yeah. Kicking ass now. That rules. I, um, I quit for a long time. I quit in like Oh seven and I did, it was like classic. <laughs> I don't know if it was classic. Actually, it was maybe kind of weird, but I, um, <laughs> <laughs> I started, I started smoking cigars on tour. Um, mm. I was like on a tour where other guys from other bands were smoking cigars. And I was like, all right, I'll try this out. You know, I'm going to be vigilant about not smoking, starting cigarettes again. And I was, the cigar was like fantastic. And I was like, Oh shit. Okay. So I would smoke cigars when I was on tour. And then when I came home, I wouldn't. And then I would, you know, and then, yeah. it, then I was just yeah. like, Oh, I want a cigar. And it classic, just addictive personality thing. I, you know, I end up, I'm smoking like three, four cigars a day. I'm spending money. I yeah. don't have Damn. on cigars. I'm constantly fucking smoking cigars. So then I cut that out and I switched to chewing <laughs> and then, <laughs> then, then I switch. Yeah. Then I switched to vaping and then I, you know, and then finally, you know, came back around to cigarettes again. Um, I do think there's probably, I just had a physical and, um, my, my doctor was like, I got a feeling that you're, uh, you know, self-medicating for ADHD. Um, Oh, that's, and, that's fucking us. That's us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's funny because that's, you know, I, the last therapist I had was like, I really think you should go see, you know, this so-and-so psychiatrist because i have a feeling you you got this adhd thing <laughs> um so there's probably maybe something there too i do feel like um i yeah i don't know maybe that's something i need to there's there's something there i'll see I've, I've found yeah so there's there's actually like a lot of research on nicotine being a really powerful treatment for adhd which is really sucks because of all the downsides to it like it, yeah. it really fucking does help that's I, what uh, my doctor said he said nicotine is one of the best adhd drugs it's it's <laughs> like, so fucking yeah. frustrating and so if you have yeah. that and the addictive thing you know which which i have then it's just it's so fucking hard to yeah. get off of i can't um, do anything anymore but i don't vape so like that's fine like i can't I'll get anything though, done but i don't I, vape uh, anymore i i have I've replaced, I don't know, this is somewhat of a joke on the program now, but I started just drinking seltzers all of the fucking time when I stopped. I'm on my third one in the hour that we've been recording. Like, if I'm really doing something, just to have fucking something to do with my hands and, like, some kind of little yes. ritual to go through, it's different for everybody. But for me, I'm realizing that that was the biggest fucking component. And Audrey's holding up gum. And yeah. initially, of course, it's not going to be the same at all. And there is, like, a chemical benefit to nicotine for ADHD, the little stimulant effect or whatever is going on there. But it was surprising to me just how much of it really is just ritual, just having a little yeah. fucking thing to fiddle with. And yes. just no, having I, something cells, that you can do instead is easier. 
I totally hear the seltzer thing because when I when I stopped drinking, it was I mean, I just went through I, I'd get the big glass bottles of Perrier because it felt substantial, yeah. you know, Yeah. and I would just drink my weight in that stuff. Um, yeah, no. Um, like I said, I'm starting to think about it now. I mean, I'll I'll talk to you guys more about it in the chat, too. I'm I'm um, that this might be helpful for me. A little nicot has a couple nicotine sponsors. Hell yeah. We got you to. right into the show and follow up with us and all this stuff. Cause we, I don't know, we both just fucking went through it. I, yeah. uh, one of those things that feels so much more impossible until you kind of do the thing. And then for me in yeah. retrospect, it's like, shit, that, this really isn't that much different. Why didn't I do this sooner? I could have saved like a whole yeah. bunch of money. Granted, I'm buying an eight pack of seltzer every single day, and that's not exactly cheap, but it is cheaper than cigarettes in Chicago. So we're making it's, some progress. <laughs> it's so much better. That is guilt-free seltzer, my friend. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm going to pull up my quit app and just like real quick tell you how much money I've saved on fucking nicotine because it's absurd. Yeah, there's an incentive. My phone's all fucking broken, so this is going to take me a second. Vamp for me, Donovan. Uh, I'll just well, I'll say to this person, because we kind of went into like fitness and our own kind of addictions and like, uh, you know, habits to pick up. Like a lot of what this person is describing is just the difficulty of like, I want to do this thing and it's this big change and how the fuck do like I even get there? And the fact that you can't just do it immediately seems so defeating. Like quitting nicotine for me was like, I have all this other shit going on. How the fuck am I going to juggle this one little good thing that I have every day? How am I going to get rid of that? And like also do this other stuff. You really just got to do a little step in the right direction or fucking yeah. coming out as envy is the, is the same thing for me it was yeah. like, I'm going to be out, but I still look mask as fuck. And then I'm going to feel like I'm like faking it or whatever the fuck you tell yourself in your head. Uh, just, Take a little bit of step. And I think what we mentioned about getting into an online community and just going by f feminine name and pronouns, it's a little thing. It's not going to completely scratch you know, this, this itch. It's not going to completely give you fulfillment for this, but it will give you the sense of like, there's something to this. And I made a little bit of progress doing this thing. And you just kind of go step by step from there. I, I know like a little one day at a time kind of thing is the most trite, like self-help yeah. shit that there kind of is, but it, it's fucking true. Like yeah. you got to break the thing into little pieces. You get to do exactly. one day at a time. That's all you get fucking to do. Exactly. And yeah, when you those... get that going for a couple weeks and it's starting to make a difference, then it's fucking easier to do it. Cause you're like, it's fucking, it's happening. Let's go. Yeah. That's where I've been at recently. We That's believe awesome. in you. I have saved $480 on nicotine. God damn. I was vaping in, a in, lot. <laughs> in in a month, basically, a little over yeah, a month. In 40 days. God damn. Ridiculous. Just, just do not realize. <laughs> yeah, because you just spend it, you know, you just fucking buy it and you don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's fucking insane. At, like... <laughs> I mean, this is just how old I am, but like, I remember when a pack of cigarettes was $5, you know yep. what I mean? And vapes are expensive as hell. It's just all, yeah, not good. Fucking ridiculous. Well, we've kind of come up with our own question at the end here, talking about uh, addiction type stuff. But I know for a fact, some of y'all listen and deal with fucking nicotine addiction or whatever else you got going on like we fucking have. So 
I uh, will say the same thing to you out there. It feels fucking impossible. Just give it a little go after you have success for a few days. It just it, it becomes more and more manageable is what I would say. Any fucking habit. You get a little streak going and then it's like, damn, this isn't so bad. And then it's like, damn, this actually feels really good. So we fucking believe in you, question asker. We believe in you, Max. We believe in anybody else out there who's who's struggling with starting something up new or taking little steps towards whatever bigger thing you're trying to work on. You can fucking do it. My, uh, I'll go on one more tangent here. Uh, I gave a talk about the podcast over the weekend. Because yeah, my thing I've been that? working through is social, like, is, is performance, like presentation anxiety. Uh, I've talked about this a bit, but like I used to do stand up before we started the show, but I would have to drink basically every single time I went on stage because I would get this horrifying, shaky anxiety and I would shut down and it genuinely felt impossible. I I remember having, I I mean, I quit because I was like, there's no way I can do this sustainably because I have to drink every time I get shaky on stage. There's no fucking way I can make that stop. And it's, such a miserable fucking feeling when you enjoy doing something and you can't do it for that. So my project for this year has been like gradually exposure therapying myself presentation. I've done VO classes for a few months now, talking uh, to people in Zoom calls, like reading in front of, you know, 20 people maybe. And the first time I got real shaky and I, I had hard, I had trouble talking, but it was a supportive group and we were good. And then the second time it was a little bit less And then after that, like it was fucking nothing. It was like recording the show. It was totally comfortable. The past three weeks, I've been doing in-person acting classes because I'm like, okay, let's see if I can make this difference in person and get less shaky. And I fucking am. And so my big challenge was there's an art night here in Chicago. I was talking about on other shows and on this one, people go up uh, first Friday every month and like talk about whatever they make, whatever thing they're passionate about. You got musicians and fucking visual artists, all kinds of stuff. Uh, But I did 15 minutes on the show and like, so and sober. And to conceive of that a year ago, that would have been fucking terrifying to me. I would have been shaking the whole time. Uh, And I I fucking did it. I was even sweaty because the venue was hot and that's a big anxiety, self-conscious thing for me. And it didn't fucking phase me. And I got so many goddamn questions. Some of you people might be listening right now. So thank you if you, uh, if you subscribe based on that. Um, but just that feeling of like, fuck this thing that has felt impossible for 15 fucking years. I'm making a little bit of a dent in. I feel more energy than any fucking substance I have ever done to try to like True. fix that same thing. And That's- you can fucking do that too. I'm going inspiration mode here because I'm feeling really, really good about this. I relate to that big time because like when I when I stopped drinking, I met with like, you know, my, my band member and was like, I, I, I'm out like I, I can't. There's no way I can do a show like let alone tour. It's not going to it's just not going to happen. Right. I you know, I like relied on this stuff for that. And this stuff isn't an option for me anymore. Um, and, you know, I put a little bit more time together, did more work, step work, blah, 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 and did that first show and experienced, yeah, skull rattling anxiety and did so it. So fucking and, scary. 
didn't die. And, <laughs> and yeah, um, it's, it's one of those things. And it's interesting to hear from you that you have like, cause you're, uh, you're a, a broadcaster, a talented one, like, you know, <laughs> well, thank um, you. um, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's wild. These thoughts in our heads that, you know, can seem like gospel can seem real powerful, but, uh, yeah, don't have to rule us and we can act in spite of them. Um, that, that was such a liberating thing for me to like hear from others and then experience. For oh, yeah. real. It's a, it, it's a very energizing and, and, and good thing. And I've been trying not to be like, yeah, cause my brain can go into the, well, why didn't I do this sooner? And all this bullshit. I'm just working on like the, get the fucking shit out of there and uh, appreciate whatever kind of progress you're making. And just keep trying to do that. Beating yourself up just makes everything yep. so much fucking harder. And it's a really good day, feeling when stuff comes together. The best day to start was yesterday. Second best day is today. You can, whatever you need to get going on, you can do it. You can make those moves. We believe in you. We do believe in you. Hell yeah. What? I think we've made it to the end here. We went a little bit over, but Max has just been super cool talking to you. So we have to give you a round of applause. Thank this has been super fun. Thank you both for, for, for having me. This is cool. Of course. Absolutely. Uh, do you have, where can people find you? Yeah. I was about to start the plug. Um, we plug head button. Um, um, no, I, <laughs> um, you know, I, Eve six on, on, on Twitter and, uh, at Eve six on Twitter. And then, um, that's really the spot. Cause that's where, you know, I, I link to the column and, and we're like my band Eve six is, is working on making a record right, right now on um, that Jake Flores will probably be on the cover of again. Um, Fuck so yeah. it's, and it's done. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we were just that these last two things we put out have been kind of purposefully, um, you know, uh, underwrought <laughs> and, um, and just like, which has been really fun, like just kind of doing, uh, you know, LARPing as a punk band over here. Um, kind of <laughs> punk LARP is so good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In a vacuum. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think we're going to do you know fuck with a little little bombast some big guitars on this one and like uh yeah so that's that's what i'm up to writing this this little column making some rock and roll tweeting way too much to the chagrin of many <laughs> and that's about it <laughs> we love Mark, it yeah definitely follow max definitely check out the column if you like our show it is certainly within the same wheelhouse and uh, Max, thank you again for joining us. It's been it's been fucking wonderful. Thank you both so much. I'll I'll talk to you talk to you both in the in the chat. Definitely. Once well, so before we head, we have to. Uh, you heard my poorly, just extra poorly thought out character this week. Love Island Donovan told you about the uh, bonus episodes we do each week over on our Patreon. Five dollars a month. patreoncom rftb. But for ten dollars a month. You get all of that, 
And also, we shout your name out in lights at the end of each episode. Audrey, who are we shouting out first? Uh, 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 active tab. Um, um, you got me this week. You're doing my move. (laughs) Current tier. God damn it. You gotta go to active and ten dollars. Here we go. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. I'm a pro now. All right. I'm ready. I'm ready. You ready? I'm ready. Let's go. We begin as we do with Brock. We're shouting out Anthony Limburg. We're gonna shout out our beloved day one Barb. We're shouting out my day one, my dad. We're shouting out our good friend Daddy Dylan. We're shouting out Gigi. We're gonna shout out Hoobstank. We're shouting out Mall Criada. We're shouting out Mickey Flykick. We're shouting out Riley. From episode 105, The Yellow Rose of Toteland, we're going to shout out our good friend Ryan, Rich Homie, click clack. Indeed. We're shouting out Spreadable Fruit. We're going to shout out Super Deformed. And last but not least, our good friend Ren. Shouts out to all of you. Thank you so much for your support. I'll, I'll say what I've been saying recently. You're the wind beneath our wings. It's a bird metaphor. We love you. <laughs> we do love you. Uh, we love everybody who tunes into the program, of course. And uh, oh, music. I did the intro. It's uh, Horn Filters, the love theme from RFTB. You can find it and more songs like it at SoundCloud.com slash RFTB pod. Outro song, Rat Curse, The Bellowing Pines. Find them on streaming and stuff, The Bellowing Pines. Gonna get it, gonna do it to them. This is the week that we all make it happen. We're gonna fucking do big things. Uh, And uh, guess what? I love you. (laughs) Thanks, bye. (laughs) 